1: Welcome into forward progress here on the hammer betting network presented by betfred sportsbook if you haven't checked out betfred be sure to do so if you're in Arizona Colorado Iowa Ohio Pennsylvania make sure that you check out betfred make them a part of your day. Uh, in terms of using their sportsbook, your overall collection of sports books, Can't recommend Betfred enough and thank them very much for the sponsorship here. I'm Rob Pizzola. I will be with you over the course of the next hour and we will be bringing in different guests over the course of the next hour. Last Friday here on the Hammer Betting Network on Forward Progress, I was joined by the hitman. He will step up and in in a few minutes or so break down his thoughts on some key props in the NFL divisional round this weekend, and just his overall thoughts on the games. I will then be joined by a fellow Paisano, John Leggeza. He is a writer, NFL and MLB for The Athletic. If you caught our call to the pen, MLB playoff preview show, he was a part of that earlier this year. Uh, I like John quite a bit. I think he brings a very interesting perspective to betting props Looking to find some plus EV stuff um, and not lay very much vig in doing so. So very excited to have John Legaza on here on Forward Progress for the first time. And then Ian McMillan will join me later on. You're familiar with Ian McMillan from Fridays Anytime Touchdown Scores. He'll give us his favorite props for this weekend. And also, I'm gonna ping him or peg. Uh, excuse me. Ask him about some um, Anytime Touchdown Scores as well. I know those are um, very popular bets nowadays and definitely want to get his thoughts on those in terms of programming for this weekend i know a lot of you were watching the live watch alongs i did last week on the hammer hq those are happening again this weekend so tomorrow night saturday night it's the giants and eagles this is starting at 8 p.m eastern time it'll be live on the hammer hq youtube channel presented by betfred sportsbook once again this weekend And I'm going to be joined by a few guests, including Adam Chernoff, Spreadopedia, Andy Molitor. So that's the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Sunday, 6.30 Eastern Time. A little bit different timing this week because of the way that they've scheduled the games. Clive Bixby, Adam Chernoff, and Hitman will be joining me for, I mean, what's going to be a very sweaty matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. You see me. With the Cowboys symbol behind me here. I am a Cowboys fan. Very much looking forward to that. Quickly, before I am joined by Hitman here momentarily, I do want to give a brief update on where we stand in the market right now. Uh, for those of you who watched the Wednesday show, uh, we went through it with Chernoff uh, early on in that one, Eric Eager. We kind of broke it down what we like in terms of plays uh, or what we were monitoring in terms of plays. Uh, But there has been some market movement over the course of the week. Started yesterday with a little bit of money coming in on the Chiefs. So at Betfred, our presenting sponsor, the number is now minus nine, uh, which was bet up from eight and a half yesterday. And that's pretty much the case across the board. So we are starting to see or have seen in the last day a little bit of Chiefs money with the total at 52 and a half in that game. Giants and Eagles for tomorrow night. The markets kind of stayed flat right at seven and a half. Haven't seen a ton of movement in this game total as well at 48. Um, This is interesting because we saw the giants draw a lot of game day money last week against the Minnesota Vikings. And we've seen the Eagles draw a lot of game day money over the course of the past two years, whenever they've played Uh, yet, the market is pretty quiet on this one. So it'll be interesting to see if we get anything tomorrow in terms of uh, line movement in the giants and the Eagles. Then on Sunday, we have the Bengals and the bills. Bills up to five and a half at our presenting sponsor, Betfred. The total is at 49. We did start to see some sixes pop up in Las Vegas last night. At uh, The South Point was, was one in particular that popped up with Cincinnati six. But obviously, the offensive line injury is playing a key factor uh, in this one overall. And then our final game on Sunday, Cowboys and 49ers. Cowboys draw the early money in, over the course of the week, um, Monday, Tuesday, even a little bit of Wednesday, three and a half down to uh, even three at some books, which were heavily juiced towards the Niners at that point. The Niners have since taken money. They've been bet back up and the total kind of the same type of thing. Early money on the under over the course of the week, even some books getting down to 45 and a half. We're now back up to 46 and a half at our presenting sponsor, Betfred. So that's the market update for these games. Uh, There's still some stuff we can do here. Uh, But the Friday show today, uh, we'll talk a little bit about sides and totals, but there will be a lot more dedication to props as well on today's episode, and there's no better man to bring in to talk props than the Hitman himself, widely regarded as one of the best props bettors out there. Hitman, how are things going?
0: Doing good. Um, Got a day, as you can see, um, not at the office right now. I'm uh, getting ready to bet some props right now, not some places by me, so little uh pit stop uh, that we made
1: before that yeah the, i think for some people out there they don't realize what it what goes into betting on sports and doing it professionally um obviously you have your online outs and you can do a bunch of things there but especially where you're located uh, i i i would think that these drives are more frequent than uh, than most people really think they are
0: yeah they're being written on uh, my taxes it's saying well, every single trip all the gas i'm paying a lot of gas money and a lot of miles that i'm adding onto the car that's for sure
1: <laughs> well i mean you got to do what you got to do for those that don't know hitman joined me um which game did w- did you join me for in the watch along last week it, the craziest ending of the week the uh, baltimore cincinnati game baltimore cincinnati and uh hitman did show a stack of losing tickets that he had on his desk. I did try to get him to eat one, which he refused to do because he needed to file them for tax purposes. One t- wouldn't eat one ticket for us on air to satisfy the viewership because he needed to file them for his taxes. A true professional right there. Hitman. man.
0: There we, you know, the deal, you know, the deal it's a never ending grind grind, but yeah, I'm ready to get into some of the props this week.
1: Okay. we'll, will, we will get into them before we do. I just want to get your thoughts on one thing, which is the teaser heard around the world this week. And there's been a lot of commentary about it. You have the the notion of everybody's betting this teaser, so I don't want to bet it because, you know, it's too good to be true type of situation. Then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, this is just a great teaser play. You can tease down the Eagles. You can tease down um, the Chiefs you know depending on the number but below three curious if you actually played that teaser along with a lot of people that advocated for it earlier this week or if there's something that's keeping you off of it that you thought that maybe this isn't the greatest bet or as great a bet as people think it is
0: yeah i mean i don't subscribe to the theory that like oh everybody is playing this teaser so it can't be good i mean it's an advantage teaser i mean what if somebody was teasing the totals of these two of these games or something, I would say that's a stupid teaser. I don't care that everybody's playing it, but you know, it's obviously the, if you're going to tease games, this is the the corridor that you want to do it through. And if if you do happen to like the Kansas city and the, the Eagles side and you want, and you're better off teasing it. I mean, I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, I personally did not play it and I don't know if I'm going to. I, I like the Kansas City side a decent bit. It's the Eagles side that's worrying me a little bit, and it, really the worry is just Jalen Hurts's health. Now, I know with teasers, what you want to do is you want to pick a game that you think's low variance. If the game's a high-variance game, typically you don't want to tease that game, and I just think that the Hurts factor with with the injury – it just makes this game a lot more high variance of a game and Jalen Hurts is a guy that you know as much as he has improved as a passer and he has become a significantly better player especially as a passer that I ever thought he would be I was not super high on Jalen Hurts coming out he's still not like an elite thrower by any stretch of the imagination his legs are really what makes this Eagles offense go. And you got to see against the Giants the last time they played, zero designed rush attempts, one rush attempt total. Now, obviously, the logic of, oh, that game was not as meaningful. You, I totally buy that. I, I totally understand that. But I'm just kind of in a, a mode with Jalen Hurts that I want to see him run aggressively before – I'm looking to just to to back Philly. So I just think there's a little bit of variance with this game that has kept me off of it, but am I opposed to anybody that's teasing
1: it? Not really. It's just something that I don't think I'm going to end up playing. Fair enough. Um yeah, for me, it was just like, it, it kind of satisfies the conditions that you want with with the teaser that you're playing, getting through seven and three. My only challenge is that you got high totals in these games, right? Which typically lend themselves to a little bit more variance. That would be, you know, if someone wanted to talk me out of the teaser, that would be it. Or the Jalen Hurts uncertainty as well, um, which is kind of the reason that I personally haven't pulled the trigger on the Eagles, despite having a numbers edge on them, because who knows? Like, I'm i I'm just playing a guessing game at this point as to whether or not he's at 100%. But let's get into the props game here, Hitman. And when you joined us last week, you were heavily focused in on the Seattle-San Fran game. Um, so let's start with the 49ers. Is there something specifically that you saw with the team last week um, that has you eyeing something in the 49ers-Cowboys the late game on Sunday?
0: Um, the The only play that... I went back to the well to that. I did bet last week and I'm going to bet the same play this week. And I have bet the same play was last week. I bet Elijah Mitchell under rush yards and my, and I also was on McCaffrey over and my handicap to that was, you know, McCaffrey didn't get the tr- a truly elite elite snap usage during the regular season. But so much of that was one that they were conserving him for the playoffs in my mind. And two, the fact that so many of these games were blowouts. I mean, San Fran was destroying everybody in the second half of this season that you would see in the second half of these games, guys like Jordan Mason would come in and they'd play mop-up duty and McCaffrey wouldn't get much usage. But if you looked in the first half, McCaffrey was getting a lot of usage in these games. It was the second half where he wasn't playing as much. Obviously, the playoffs, it's do or die. You're going to play your guys the whole time. And what happened in the first half against Seattle – McCaffrey had over 90% of the snaps. So the high leverage spots for San Fran when it was a close game, McCaffrey was getting pretty much all the usage. Elijah Mitchell had two carries. What ends up happening in the game is San Fran gets up big. Elijah Mitchell comes in, gets his seven carries when they're up 14 to 21. And you look at the box score and you're like, oh, McCaffrey got 13 carries or something like that. And Mitchell got nine, I believe. So it looks closer, that split, but it's really not when you're talking about a high-leverage spot. And, I mean, with you, Rob, we know that the most these are the most efficient spreads of the entire season in yep. the playoffs. The spread is telling us it's going to be a three-and-a-half, four-point game. If San Francisco blows Dallas out, then, you know what, Like Mitchell Unders could be in trouble. But if the spread does, if it does stay around as one score game that the spread is indicating that it might be, I think that Elijah Mitchell on his unders has some value. So I played under 37 and a half Russian receiving was my favorite play involving him. That was not as widely available. The rush yards were more widely available. And that's a fine alternate to me. I played under 30 and a half, under 29 and a half rushing yards. But if you can get the combined yardage, I prefer that just because Elijah Mitchell, his pass game usage last week was a little bit fluky because even when he was the workhorse for
1: San Francisco, he was not a guy that got many much uh, work in the passing game. So really quick follow-up question for you there. Uh, by the way, I agree with everything that you said in terms of when you look at the game state, McCaffrey is like the neutral game state guy, plain and simple, and he has been for a while. But I'm curious what makes you target the Mitchell unders instead of the McCaffrey overs? Like, is it just a pure numbers thing? Is it that you have the built-in, you know, potentially a player getting injured and leaving the game early? Uh, Maybe the market is just a little too high on McCaffrey because he's a more popular player. Um, Just out of curiosity, like when you're breaking down the running back, like the backfield, what's your process? Do you immediately look at numbers first? Uh, Just walk me through that.
0: It's a it's a consideration. I've honestly been going back and forth and last week I did play McCaffrey overs. This week it was a little bit of, you know, what if you're going to play McCaffrey overs and Mitchell unders, you are kind of double barreling almost on your handicap where if you're wrong, there's a good chance you're going to go 0 and 2. And if you're right, obviously there's a good chance you're going to go 2 and 0. But that was a little bit of a factor that I'm confident in my handicap, but I don't know if I'm just that in love with it, that I'm going to double barrel it this week. And with the Mitchell one, it's just that there's more outs on playing a Mitchell under as far as a McCaffrey over. And by outs, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, my handicap could be correct that Elijah Mitchell could not play much. And then I'm probably going to win my bet or Elijah Mitchell, maybe he gets more work, but he's inefficient because Dallas has a pretty good defense. Maybe San Francisco, their game plan coming into this game is we're going to throw on a four, on a Cowboys secondary that's been struggling a lot recently, and they're starting the corpse of Xavier Rhodes at <laughs> cornerback. And if they're doing that, then that's going to hurt McCaffrey, but it's also going to hurt Mitchell. So with the Mitchell one, I mean, it was close. I, had it, I have a little bit of an edge on the McCaffrey – Russian receiving over 105 and a half. I'm definitely considering it. Maybe it does even end up being a play on my part. I've been going back and forth, but I just thought that the Mitchell one was just a a little bit stronger.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I I mean, I think that's completely logical reasoning. There's something to it there, at least. Um, Let's stick with the other Sunday game. Um, Rewind to last week, and we saw a lot of people playing overs on quarterback rushing yardage. And I think one of the angles was, it's the playoffs. These haven't been adjusted up enough for the fact that quarterbacks are going to lay it all out on the line. We have a game with, between Buffalo and Cincinnati where we have Josh Allen, um, who has been known to lay it all out on the line, even some regular season games before. Um, just getting word that Williams and Cap officially ruled out for Cincinnati, that's no surprise. That was what was expected there. But you are looking at Josh Allen in the rushing game this week. Walk us through that.
0: Yeah, Rob, just to follow up on what you said about Kappa and Williams getting ruled out. Does it not seem like Adam Schefter has like his d- tweets drafted and he says when Hitman goes on with Rob Pizzola, I'm going to tweet all the breaking news. That's two weeks in a, na- in a row now.
1: The, the, the good news is, the good news is with this one, is that at least it was expected, right? Yeah. It's not something that's coming, like we all expected that this was going to be the case. But, yes, it's it's got to be Schefter's social media intern. I don't know what you did in a past life to that person, but th- they don't like you, man.
0: Yeah,
1: right. But, um,
0: yeah, Josh Allen, I, I did play his over rushing yards. The line, it, it opened comically well, and it wasn't at places that were taking very big limits. But it opened at, if you believe it or not, 40 and a half, which was just super low. But even at 45 and a half, 46 and a half, Right now, I, I think that it has some value. I thought that it should have opened closer to last week's number, which closed at 50.5 against Miami. And you could say, well, you know, he went under by a mile last week, and that's why it's adjusted. You know, I mean, say it's a one-game sample size. Stuff can happen. But in this – Allen's history on high-leverage spots, he's been looking to run. And I'm not going to let one game deter me from that. So for me, I just thought, and this is a game that theoretically you could see it being a back and forth close game. I kind of like Cincinnati with the spread. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer game than the five. And I think it could end up being a field goal game, to be honest. And you're right about the quarterback rushing yards and the high leverage spots. It's starting to get accounted for more than it used to in the market. So you really got to kind of pick and choose your spots. Like, for example, I'm not going to be on Daniel Jones over this week because his over-under is at 45-and-a-half. And, And, I mean, there was times during the season you could play him over 31-and-a-half rushing yards. You could play him last week at 37-and-a-half rushing yards. It's at 45-and-a-half now. I'm I'm not going to play that. But Josh Allen is at a number that we have typically seen him around in the regular season. He's been around that 42 and a half to 45 and a half rushing mark in most of his games this season. So I think that the, the Allen number is probably good up to the 48 and a half mark. Yeah,
1: definitely some inflation on the Daniel Jones numbers this week. And you got to wonder whether or not that's actually warranted considering he's coming off the Vikings defense. And the Eagles defense is very different. So I want to get your final thoughts on on this game before I let you go here. But Eagles and Giants. And for me, uh, the Giants offense looked great last week. But I think that there's maybe a little bit of recency bias built into the market here. And people just expect that the Giants offense we saw last week is going to be the same one that comes out and plays the Eagles. I personally think that the Eagles have a lot of matchups that they can exploit in this game. I think their defensive line against the interior and right side of the Giants O-line is is a, a nightmare matchup for the Giants. And I also think that the Eagles have the corners to play these Giants receivers one-on-one. I'm curious how you're attacking the Eagles and Giants from a props perspective.
0: Yeah, so from the two, the two props that jumped out to me when the openers came out was Daniel Jones under and Isaiah Hodgins under. Jones opened in the mid-220s and Hodgins was around 45 and a half. And these are two players that they just haven't hit this number much during the season. I don't have the exact number on Jones on how many times he's went over this, but hasn't been often. And usually you'll see like an inflation, like when Jones played Minnesota, his number was a lot higher than it typically was coming into the game. But you can make logical sense of it saying, you know what? I mean, the Vikings are a terrible pass defense. You could theoretically see a world where they're going to be throwing on them and having success. I could see the reason that the the change was made but this number came in for jones higher than it's been pretty much all season and you're facing a team that has had an elite pass defense throughout the season in the philadelphia eagles so i like jones in the mid 220s that that's been bet under a decent bit right now where it's kind of moved seven eight yards But the one that hasn't moved as much is Isaiah Hodgins, under around 44.5, 45.5 receiving yards. Rob, let me ask you, without looking it up, uh, Hodgins went over
1: that number just twice this entire season. What two games were they? Okay, so I think this is going to be correlated with Daniel Jones going over, so I'm going to say Vikings and Lions.
0: Yeah, it was Vikings and Vikings.
1: Oh, okay, there you <laughs> the two, go. Yes. The, two,
0: the two worst defenses <laughs> in the league, the Vikings and the Vikings. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two games he we went over. They, the Vikings have the slowest and some of the worst corners in the entire NFL. Hodgins has the tough matchup for the Giants because he plays most of his snaps on the outside where Slay and Bradbury are. Uh the interior has been where the Eagles have given up most of their past game production. And I believe Avante Maddox is banged up for this game as well, their nickel corner. So I feel like if there is gonna be a matchup that is favorable for them, it's gonna be in the slot. So the I think that the guy that you could take advantage of with a little bit of inflated Giants numbers is Isaiah Hodgins under and plus Daniel Jones is gonna be is running more. His rush yards is the highest it's been in yep. forever. So if Daniel Jones is running more, obviously that correlates a little bit to receivers getting less uh, work in the passing game.
1: I totally agree with this one. Uh, I've played some Hodgins-Unders myself. And just on your Daniel Jones point, because you don't have the numbers in front of you, he had two regular season games this year where he threw more than 228 yards. Two where he threw more than 228 yards. It was the Vikings. Vikings and Lions. Vikings. Yeah. The Lions.
0: And, and the Lions game was a game script where they were down like 20 points. I remember in the second half and he had to throw. I remember that because I had Jones unders that game because it was a wind game, actually. And as soon as they got down, I knew I was in
1: trouble. But but yeah, it, it's hilarious because this is how far we've come because of one game, right? Like actually just to go even further on Daniel Jones, he reached 200 passing yards in only three regular season games total. 203 now that like obviously he adds a dynamic with his legs as well but we have really in the span of one week come a long way on what people think the new york giants are especially offensively well i live in an
0: area with a lot of giants fans and a lot of biased giants fans and some of them were telling me just after last week they said daniel jones deserves to be in the mvp discussion of the nfl and i said when i said Go back and do me a favor. Tell me the last time a quarterback won league MVP throwing 15 passing touchdowns. It had to have been in like the 1960s, we'd probably say, 50s, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, like it's,
1: it, it's yeah, that that's actually just borderline laughable. Um, <laughs> You know, I I, I do a a show every week on the Mayo Media Network with with Cam Stewart, a fellow Canadian guy, and he just loves like all these mid-tier average quarterbacks, but he always talks about them like they're good. And then we actually put him to the test last week and rhymed off every single quarterback in the league to figure out where he actually ranks Daniel Jones and ended up being like 18th or 19th. And he finally came to the admission of like, okay, he's below average. And I think like don't get me wrong. Amazing game last week. Like that was great to watch. It it was really though, probably like a 99th percentile game for Daniel Jones, what we saw against the Vikings last week.
0: Yeah. I think his ceiling is he develops into a Ryan Tannehill esque player. And that's not a, that's not a negative. Ryan Tannehill at points in his, the last few years has been considered the 12th, 13th best quarterback or something. So I think Daniel Jones, when you get him weapons, he could be that. But yeah, I think it's uh, time for people to pump the brakes a little bit off of some really good performances against the Vikings twice and
1: the Colts. For sure. I'll let you get out of here now. I know you got some tickets to play. By the way, Eric says that he loves watching these numbers move as you talk about them. So maybe you're doing some damage to the market as you give them out, but at least you already played them. So good closing line value for you, Hitman, uh, on the plays. But appreciate your time. Uh, All the best this weekend. Am I am I talking to you this weekend on the watch along? I think I am, right? Yeah, we're doing the how about them cowboys in the fourth quarter? Oh, you got the fourth quarter? Yes, I. That's right. You get to see me at my worst, um, sweating a cowboys game at, at the final there. But uh, appreciate it. All the best, and uh, and have a good one. Awesome, thank you. All right, that's the hitman. Follow him on Twitter at hitman four um, two eight. Pretty solid guy, and I think as a lot of you have been able to pick up over the course of uh, this last interview in the last 20 minutes or so, definitely has some market influence, and he is uh, respected as well in the space. Um, Do quickly want to get to a comment or two here. Uh, Got a question about the Cincinnati pass attempts. I would have thrown this to Hitman, but I know that uh, he's not super high on props on this particular game, so I guess this is a Burrow Attempts type of um, um, prop. And we had Adam Chernoff on midweek on Wednesday who talked a little bit about this. Um, I've talked about this as well. I fully expect Cincinnati to work on the short passing game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, It would surprise me if they're trying to throw downfield with three-fifths of their offensive line out in this game. Um, Just too much going on there where I would be really surprised if they do anything differently you might get a scenario where they try to run the ball heavily uh keep josh allen on the sidelines off the field um definitely something to that in terms of a game script but i mean i don't know that they could make this number high enough especially when you consider the possibility that the game script is that they're trailing uh especially with where the spread has moved out to five and a half at bet fred uh I don't hate that whatsoever. Um, Just taking a quick check-in on the market right now, uh, with Williams and Kappa being ruled out, injuries on the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals, we really haven't seen a shift in market at all. So we're at the point now where this has already been priced in. Um, You know, we knew this early on. Uh, Jonah Williams looked like a pretty bad injury last week. Alex Kappa, neither of them were practicing yesterday. Um, The market, I think, is already adjusted for it. So when you're handicapping the Bills and the Bengals, there's going to be a lot of people that are talking about the offensive line injuries for the Cincinnati Bengals, which definitely exist. But then you have to ask yourself, you know, has it gone too far at this point? Yeah, like they exist, but... Have we already accounted for that? And it's fine to say that, no, we haven't. And that like, there's, there's more room for this one to go, but as it stands, the market has accounted for it. Uh, I'll be joined momentarily, uh, by John Legaza, who does right for the athletic, uh, loves to bet props. Sure. We'll give out a bunch. Ian McMillan of bet sided. Uh, you see him here on the hammer betting network, Vegas insider co-host of the Bacon Bets podcast will join as well. While you are in the stream, if you are enjoying the content that we put out here on the Forward Progress channel, please subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button as well. Give us a thumbs up. Um, If you do enjoy the content, it helps other people find it. And ultimately, if other people are finding it, I can keep doing more and more of it over the course of the week. So please, um, if you can, uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Also, in the YouTube comments, if you do want to see me ask a guest a question or answer it myself, definitely I can get to it in the co- in the uh, comments over the course of the rest of the stream here today. Um want to just briefly discuss a couple of things that Hitman mentioned, but the Isaiah Hodgins uh, under-receiving yards, I think is a very solid look for this week, and... My uncertainty when I'm thinking about um, the Eagles and Giants game and why I don't want to lay the points with the Eagles necessarily is the Jalen Hurts situation. And I mean, maybe in hindsight, I'm going to look back and say, I missed a bet on this game. I should have been more eager to bet this game, but I don't see this as a particularly good matchup for the Giants offense and I really think the Giants are going to struggle to move to move the ball in this game Um, now granted they do have a very good coaching staff they have Brian Dayball as their head coach who did wonders with the Bills offense Mike Kafka their offensive coordinator has done a great job this year but when we look at the previous meeting between these two teams back in week 14 it was a very rough one for the Giants offense the 48-22 final score is extremely flattering for the Giants, in my opinion, in that game. They got outgained by 1.7 yards per play. Um, it was just a real struggle for them overall. And seven of their points came off of a blocked punt. A lot of their points came in garbage time. A lot of the yardage came in garbage time. And what I mentioned to Hitman, I think, is something that is just a nightmare Like a disaster matchup for the Giants. We look at the Eagles this year leading the league in sacks. They have such a deep defensive line. And they just rotate players in and out on the defensive line over the course of the game, depending on the situation. Obviously, you have your household names like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, uh, Javon Hargrave on the outside, Josh Sweat. But then you add in guys like Jordan Davis, who they drafted into the mix, Damakung Su, who they picked up. Um, Robert Quinn, who they picked up, Linval Joseph, and that like Derek Barnett is on IR. This really shows you the the depth of the offensive line for them overall. But when you add in that fact, then you look at the Giants' O line, and the Giants' O line, outside of their left tackle Andrew Thomas, who's fantastic, their center John Feliciano has kind of fallen off over the course of the past few years. Their right tackle, which they drafted as a rookie. Evan Neal has been flat out bad this year their left guard Nick Gates it comes back off of a gruesome injury um, in the mix for comeback player of the year award but really hasn't performed at a high level this is such a significant advantage for the Eagles where I think that they're getting a lot of pressure and the Vikings could not do this last week the Vikings have struggled to generate pressure this year I think it's a completely different animal and then you do look at the coverage crew on the outside for the Philadelphia Eagles. You have Darius Slay, James Bradbury on the outside. Those players are better than any Giants receiver that they can throw out there. You have CJ Gardner-Johnson in the slot as well, who's a big corner, can be physical, obviously played some time at safety, um, can be physical in that type of role as well. So I, I don't know what the path to success here is unless the Giants just maybe keep feeding Daniel Bellinger over the middle of the field, or they establish some sort of run with Saquon Barkley. But in the first matchup between these two teams, if we break it down and we look at the struggles that Saquon Barkley had, he only ran the ball nine times. A lot of that was because they were trailing in the game. But six of those nine rushes came against a box of eight or more defenders, which was the highest rate of the season for Saquon Barkley. So it was very clear. The Eagles went in and said, We're not going to let you run the ball because we don't think that you can beat us in the passing game. And it worked. And that's worked for the Eagles against a lot of teams this year. I think that's another scenario. Uh, This is another scenario where it can work again this week. So don't like the matchup for the Giants offense. I'm mostly targeting in the props game unders for the Giants offense in this game. And again, there's a lot of uncertainty in the entirety of the game um, because of Jalen Hurts uh, but ultimately if Jalen Hurts was completely healthy I I, this number does feel short um, especially considering that week 14 matchup the Eagles were laying seven on the road at the Giants now they have home field advantage coming off of a bye week Um, pretty healthy Lane Johnson expected to play at right tackle which would be big for them as well that's a, a pretty pretty big difference overall for this team as a whole. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see that. Uh, In terms of other props that Hitman liked, um, obviously we saw the um, Josh Allen overs. Hard to argue with that. Uh, I mean, that's been a look for a lot of people over the, the course of the entire season. Josh Allen, big game, over rushing yards, tends to have a penchant to pick up yardage with his legs, Um, hard for me to argue against that. And then in terms of Elijah Mitchell under, in terms of total receiving yards, or sorry, total yards, rush or receiving pretty much said that you could play that however you want it. Um, pretty good breakdown of that overall, right? When we consider the fact that in neutral game States, Christian McCaffrey has been the workhorse running back for them. And a lot of Elijah Mitchell's carries and receiving yardage has come in game States where the 49ers have uh, got out to pretty big leads. It's not to say that the 49ers can't get out to a pretty big lead. However, the spread is four in the game. If you look at the Cowboys for the majority of the year, forget that you see this cowboy symbol behind me that I'll try to just block out. I'm horrible with the opposites here. That'll try to block out for you. Um, try to remain unbiased but the likelihood that we see a blowout um is you know i don't know uh lower than obviously what we saw last week against the seattle seahawks and that's not to say that it can't be a blowout but um yeah i mean that's that's simply the case so um really good looks i think from all three of those and again You did see the market move on all three of those and some sports books actually uh, just take those those lines down. Um, So for whoever's watching uh, and jamming these books uh, on Hitman's plays, appreciate your support. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel because definitely some good value um, out there for those who are tuning into this on a daily basis. Um, A reminder for everyone out there. Live watch alongs again this weekend. These will be the final two for me of the season. But they're going to happen. And for those that didn't watch last week, if you don't want to watch the Muppets that are commentating on the games, you don't have to. You can come over to YouTube. You can come over to the Hammer HQ. Just turn it on. Uh, I'm not going to commentate the game. I'm going to just give my thoughts on the game as it's going along in real time. And we do have guests that are going to hop in and out. So for the Giants and Eagles tomorrow night, kicking it off at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I'll throw out all the bets that I've made on the game so everybody knows my rooting interest in the game altogether. And then over the course of the game, I will welcome in Adam Chernoff, who appeared on the Wednesday show this week. Um, I'll welcome in Spreadopedia, also known as Jason Weingarten, um, who's a big props player in the NFL as well. And then I'll welcome in Andy Molitor of the Deep Dive podcast, um, who will come in to the stream on Saturday night, Sunday night, same ordeal, turn off Clive Bixby, who those who watch the forward progress station over the entirety of the NFL season, you know, Clive, as we used to go live on Sunday nights every single week, breaking down what we saw in the NFL and looking ahead to the following week. And then the hitman who just steamed the entire props market so far that Lines got taken off the board. Uh, will join me for the fourth quarter of the Cowboys and the 49ers as well. All right, let's get into some more props here. You know him from the Bacon Bets podcast. He's the senior editor of Betsided. You've seen him here on the Hammer Betting Network and on Vegas Insider as well. You saw him on a live watch along with me this weekend. Ian McMillan at Ian Macbetts. Don't forget I-A-I-N Bets. Ian, how's it going? Good. How are you, Rob? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, I just want to get to the games, if I'm being completely honest with you. I haven't, you know, I just love the NFL playoffs, the parody in the NFL, especially this year. Uh, I just basically want to see these games played out at this point. And having a team still in the playoffs in the Cowboys, um, just get get me to Sunday at 6.30.
2: Is the divisional round the best weekend of NFL football of the season? I'm gonna say no. Okay.
1: I'm gonna say the wild card round because okay. it has six games.
2: Yes, but the wild card round games sometimes are a little bit more lopsided, though.
1: I agree. So it, it depends on how you view it, but we we got five good games last week. With That's the true. dud being the Bucks and Cowboys. Uh, we do have a couple spreads that are over a touchdown in the divisional round, which could be lopsided here as well. I mean, I'm not complaining, by the way. Like, I don't want people to call me a hater and be like, oh, Divisional, stop complaining about... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the games, but I'll take the six games over the four.
2: And I I will say this Divisional round is almost certainly not going to live up to last year's Divisional round, which was might have been the best, like, two days of football
1: ever. Every single game came down to the last play. It really did. Um, Although... The games came down to the wire. I don't know if they were like the most entertaining of games. Some of them, because we got that was Green Bay San Fran, correct? Yes. Which that game was close, but if we're being real, a little bit of a snoozer, I would say. I mean, you could feel free to disagree, but a lot of the game was just horrible offense, right? Yes, painful to watch. Yeah. Um, And then I think that was the Bengals Titans as well, right? Which was the nine sack game. Yes, it was. Yes. But we also got Chiefs Bills, which was an insane game. That was um, uh, it it doesn't get any better than that, man. Like the Chiefs Bills was uh, absurdly good. Yes. Like, and and you know, just as a neutral in the AFC, it's hard not to want to see that game again
2: next week. Yes, I agree.
1: All right, let's find some people some value on the board this week. Um. For those that don't know, are you, you did, again, you, this year, you did the bet every game thing, correct?
2: Yes, uh, <laughs> I did. Yes, Rob. Not exactly the uh, most plus EV strategy to do, but I enjoy it. I like the grind. Uh, it worked for me the first two seasons. It did not work for me this year, but that's, that's, that's the game. That's what I sign up for.
1: So with that said, I'm, I'm a bigger believer in long-term samples and I'm not calling you Billy Walters or anything like that. This is not what it's about, but three NFL seasons where you bet every single game and you turned a a decent profit, an ROI of like a couple percent. I think a lot of people out there would be extremely happy if they could do this.
2: Yes. Uh, I did. Yeah. I lost, I think 12 units this year, but the year before I was up, I think it was like 27, 28 in the first year I was up like five or six. So, um, Good now, but if I keep doing this, uh, I wonder how long that's going to keep up for. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy with it so far.
1: It, it may not, be, like you said, it may not be the ideal strategy for betting the NFL, but, uh, hey, listen. It's fun. I, I, exactly. That's what I do it for. It's fun. It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's find some bets for this week. We'll start with Saturday. So, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Uh, Kansas City out to a nine-point favorite in the game, 52.5 at our show sponsor, BetFred. Um, don't, I don't see this as a particularly good matchup for the Jags defense when we consider how the first game went for them. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be interested in tailing this prop that you are uh, throwing out here, Ian, but yes. walk us through, uh, you're not super high on Patrick Mahomes this weekend.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a, of a hot take here, but yeah, my player prop is, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think I think his pass I think his yardage total is now at 310. Yep. Uh early in the week is at 320. It went down to 315. So I actually got it at under 315 and a half. But I checked this morning and it's at 310. So it has dropped 10 yards. Um, but I am gonna take the under. I think that's a that's a pretty high total for uh passing yards total, especially when it was, you know, early in the week is at 320. He's averaging 308.8 yards per game. So still a touch under the set total now. Uh, And the Jaguars defense, I know they didn't look good for the majority of the year. They didn't look great against Mahomes the first time around, but they have played well. Now, that begs the question, why have they been playing much better? Is that because they've been playing against quarterbacks down the stretch of the season like Davis Mills and Joshua Dobbs? Probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they did hold Justin Herbert to 5.9 yards per throw uh last week uh and if you do believe in the chiefs if you think they, are, they can win big maybe they turn to the run game late in the game because i think for for mahomes to pass surpasses his number he needs to be throwing from the start of the game to the end of the game maybe that's not the case uh going to be the case with the game script so uh yeah not exactly a bet that i bet uh, i don't think a lot of people are rushing to, to bet the under on patrick <laughs> mahomes passing yards total but i'm going to do it a little contrarian play to get the weekend started off
1: yeah, so I think there's a, a very valid point that you make there. And it, like a close game. So here's the thing I, I know a lot of people who have bet the Mahomes over this week. And I wouldn't say Sharp, by the way, just random people that I know. But they think the Chiefs are going to blow the Jags out. And for me, that's not where you want to bet the Mahomes right. over. Because if there's going to be a blowout, I know it's a playoff game, but Andy Reid has been primed in the past to sit on leads and hand the ball off and just try to get to the end. I think that if you think the game is going to be closer, you'd be more inclined to bet the Mahomes over because he's got to do work. Um, So with the spread being at nine, I actually don't hate the look. I mean, basically the line is telling us that there is a decent likelihood that this game is not close. And in that case, I don't think you're seeing Mahomes air it out over the course of the remainder of the game or looking for big splash plays down the field. I think if anything, it's short intermediate pass game a lot of handoffs and i mean i don't hate it well i bet it ian i'm not gonna lie to you you're a friend of mine but
2: uh <laughs> i wouldn't wouldn't blame you
1: yeah i mean it's uh there there, there are rather, there are other things i would prefer to lose my money on on uh on on the weekend, uh not saying that this is a loser by the
2: there way. There is not certainly so a a strong likelihood that I feel like an idiot when he has <laughs> three hundred and fifty <laughs> passing errors at the end of the third quarter. And that's that's
1: that's, that's more than possible. Patrick Mahomes sets the record for passing yards in the first half of yes. a game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can see it. Um this next one that you're gonna give us so the night game, uh Eagles and the Giants, we just had hitman on earlier. Um He almost made a case for the prop that you like. He preferred Isaiah Hodgins under on receiving yards. I then made a case for why I think the Giants offense is going to struggle in this game and not even look anywhere close to the offense that we saw a week ago against the Minnesota Vikings. And you seem to be inclined uh, to say the same thing. Yeah, so I'm taking Daniel Jones, another underpassing prop, under
2: 216 and a half passing yards. I think if the Giants, if they're smart, and I assume that Brian Dable is smart, he seems to be, you know, potentially coach of the year. uh, Their game plan in this game should be to not throw the ball. The game plan should be to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Even if you want to run design quarterback runs with Daniel Jones, do that because the weakness of this Eagles defense is their uh, ability or inability uh, to stop the run uh, because they are. Arguably the best pass defense in the NFL, at least if you look at some metrics. First in the NFL, an opponent yards per pass attempt by 0.3 yards per throw. Uh, They also have the the highest sack percentage. uh, First in sack percentage taking down the opposing quarterback over 11% of the time. Giants offensive line hasn't been great at protecting Daniel Jones. He gets sacked 8.57% of his dropbacks. Uh, So there, no matter, in my opinion, no matter what metric you look at, it'd be stupid for the Giants just to air this thing out. I think they should stick to the run game, even if they get behind a little bit. And also Daniel Jones, uh, the total, like I said, 216 and a half, uh, well above what he's averaging this year, 200.3 passing yards per game. Uh, And he didn't even come close to this in the one game that he uh, played against the, the Eagles this season. So. Uh, Yeah, I think 216 and a half seems like a low number, but I'm still going to go the under unless they just throw the ball all game.
1: But I think that'd be stupid. I don't think that'll work. I don't think they will do that. I completely agree with you on this one. I think a lot of the yardage that Daniel Jones gets is with his legs. Yes, especially in the passing game. Uh, But just looking at the numbers this year, I mean, Daniel Jones put up two big games in the regular season. One was the Vikings. One was the Lions. Every other game that he played he had 227 yards or less in the yep. passing game. Um, I think, I, I really think people are overrating the New York offense. I yeah. uh, I mean, I think they're going to struggle again. As, you know, you discount the week 18 game. It doesn't matter. It was all backups against the Eagles. But that first game against the Eagles, they could literally do nothing until yep. they got into garbage time. So,
2: Yeah, and th- those two secondaries that you mentioned, the Lions and the Vikings that Daniel Jones yeah. had good games against, Arguably the two worst secondaries in the NFL this year. Like he didn't do anything against any good secondary that he played against all year.
1: We could put together a, an offense formed of the creators that are on the Forward Progress Channel. Producer Zach, me, you, Hitman, you know, like Chernoff. Like we we would. I think we could shred the Lions for a couple hundred yards. Yeah. If if we had to. Um. All right. Let's move over to Sunday. We got official ruling earlier that. uh, Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa ruled out. That was expected that the Bengals were going to be missing offensive linemen. I don't think this is going to prevent them from throwing the ball. I think it's going to prevent them from throwing downfield. Yes. Uh, So I think you'll see more in the short and intermediate passing game. Uh, You like one of the Bengals receivers over in terms of receptions. Give us the, uh, the case for it. Yeah,
2: and that works well exactly for this total because if it's going to be a lot more shorter passes, that's going to mean just a lot more completions in general. So uh, Jamar Chase over seven and a half receptions. Uh, I got it at plus 115. I think it's down to plus 110 uh, this morning. So some plus money prop. I played over Jamar Chase six and a half receptions last week, at plus 105 that cash like two minutes into the second half. So uh, I like this play quite a bit since Jamar Chase came back from injury, surpasses total in four of his six games since then really four or five because you can kind of throw away his first game back because they kind of eased him back into, into the playbook, uh, into the offense. Um, but the main reason why I like it is because just the amount of targets they're putting Jamar Chase's way uh, in the second half of the season. Over his last five games, 12.8 targets per game. That is an insanely high rate of targets. They're just thrown it to Jamar, thrown it to Jamar, thrown it to Jamar. Uh, so, yeah, for plus money, over seven and a half receptions, especially – uh, if they just need to keep it to short passes, that means, like I said, probably just more completions in general. It would scare me a little bit to go over his yardage total because I think last week he had nine receptions, but I don't think he went over his receiving yards total, to be honest. Or if he did, he barely did. I th- I, I don't think he cracked 100 yards. So uh, I'm banking on that. Again, a lot of receptions, maybe not a lot of yards. Um, this last stat isn't maybe too indicative, but Bills are allowing 22.4 completions per game. 21st in the NFL. Uh, I actually love the Bills in this game. I think they win big. Uh, so maybe that'll lead to some garbage time receptions for Chase too.
1: I think a lot of the props we've talked about on on forward progress here over the course of the week are somewhat correlated. So you like the Jamar Chase over receptions. I don't mind that at all. We've been talking about Joe Burrow over on pass attempts, which yep. I think is like kind of highly correlated with Jamar Chase, who had a stat line of 12 receptions, 80, 40 yards last week. I think his total was 87 and a half, but I'm, my memory is like that of a 100 year old man. So I couldn't tell you for sure. I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, but before we get you out of here, Ian, uh, people on this channel know you from anytime touchdown scores where you give away different picks in terms of who's going to score over the course of the week. I'm not going to make you give three picks like you typically do on the show or, or bucket them into the different hammer categories. Okay. You know, the, the sledgehammer and the yes. welder chipping hammer and whatever else other hammers we got out there. <laughs> but um, there is an appetite for people to bet these picks. If there's one guy this week, that's on your radar for an anytime touchdown score, who would it be and why?
2: Yeah. And I'm not going to do what crabs does shadow crabs. I love him for this, but I'm not going to give it a defensive touchdown, which he wants like <laughs> to do at, at 12 he loves to one. Those defensive
1: touchdowns. A lot man. of value, yeah. a lot of value. He says,
2: uh, shuttle craps, love them. Uh, but no, I am going to take someone. I didn't want to give out a favorite. I didn't want to give out like a Travis Kelsey or like a Tony Pollard or something. So, uh, and this actually is kind of, uh, this goes against my Mahomes under passing yards, total prop bet, but I do kind of like Marquez Valdez Scantling to score, uh, plus two uh, two different reasons. I think with Meikle Hardman being out, I think that increases uh, his chance of scoring, especially on deep balls. And I think if the chiefs do score and if they do just blow out this game and get some scores early, uh, it's. I think they might be able to take some deep shots against this Jaguars team that mostly plays man coverage, if I'm correct. Yep. Uh, and what is man coverage susceptible to? A deep shot. Uh, who's, who, who I think is the best target for the Chiefs to look at to get a deep shot touchdown? Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, so around plus two thirty, plus two twenty, you can get him uh, for someone that's uh, above two to one odds. So
1: Valdez Scantling, score for the Chiefs. I don't have the defensive uh, personnel units in front of me. I know they play some cover three. Um, I also know that they've played, like they've switched it up quite a bit on defense this year, but uh, I like that look. And he gets more red zone targets than I think people realize as well. But um, that's just another thing to throw in there. Ian, uh, all the best. Thank you very much for joining us here on Forward Progress. Hope you win all of your bets this week. I'm not opposite anything of you, so I I don't have to like pretend and say good luck with your bets. Like actually good luck with your bets this week. Thank you so much i appreciate it rob good luck with your bets as well all right that's ian mcmillan co-host of the bacon bets podcast you can check him out here on the hammer betting network vegas insider as well and his stuff with bet sided we're going to wrap up the show here thank you very much to our show sponsor betfred once again if you are watching from arizona colorado iowa ohio or pennsylvania Bet at BetFred. Bet at multiple sports books. Find the best lines, but make sure BetFred is one of them. Very solid sports book, good offering top to bottom. Product is great, uh, pretty quick, reliable in real time. Great live betting. Would highly encourage you to check out BetFred Sportsbook. Some programming notes. For those who are asking about the Pizza Buffet, is it still happening this week? Of course, the Pizza Buffet is still happening this week. We're doing it tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern time, right on this channel, Forward Progress. Make sure you're subscribed to this Forward Progress channel. And if you haven't seen a live watch along yet, check it out. It's pretty fun. I enjoy doing them. We get very good feedback, very good viewership. That'll be on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to Hammer HQ. And if you do enjoy the watch alongs, And you watched them last week and you were in the chats, which were going wild during the games. Tell your friends about them as well. Let other people know uh, we're trying to grow this as big as possible. The more I can grow the content, the more I can do the content. So do your part, like, and subscribe if you can. This has been Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network presented by Betfred Sportsbook. I will see everyone back on this channel again tomorrow. Good luck with your bets.